welcome everybody to episode two of Fight to Flight. My name is Mike Hess. This is my beloved wife, Kelly Becker. Uh, we are the eponymous, I believe is the right word, Kelly and Mike of Fight to Flight with Kelly and Mike. Uh, this is our new show, um, trying to share our experiences and our journeys uh, throughout a lot of chronic conditions. I'm a respiratory therapist who deals a lot with um, chronic breathing problems, uh, asthma, COPD, uh, primarily, oops, tearing the studio apart. <laughs> that was my fault. Um, I just had to cross my legs. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, um, well, while I'm grabbing this, Kelly, why don't you? I'm a nurse practitioner and I specialize in obesity. Uh, I have a background in cardiopulmonary critical care, but we're not here. This is, um, this YouTube channel is in no way related to our day jobs. This is just a passion project, um, a place to share and be with people and be real um, and serve as accountability for ourselves, um, share some of our journey. So it's part vlog, part fun, part, um, and you know, a place to find information um, more than anything in this time of isolation, uncertainty, and social injustice. We want to be an ally with everyone and be powerful and um, inspire and be inspired um, with hope. So that's our main goal. We just want to be connecting with people um, in a very vulnerable and authentic and real way um, because that's a cherished thing these days. Yes. I would say. So having dealt with folks who are smokers, having dealt with folks who are carrying around too much weight, uh, having gone through the, the both of those paths at various points in our lives, we know that there is a lot of stigma. There's a lot of shame. There's a lot of guilt uh, when you're dealing with these conditions. And you're kind of always fighting against your own body and fighting against your own health. And when you are experiencing that fight, it's really hard to be your best self and to take flight. Hence, that's where we came up with the, the fight to flight. Um, and of course, uh, the best nest, that's what we call our home. We like to be a, we like to have a good nest for our, our, uh, our kids. And we like to be, um, that support for the community, however we can be. So, um, also been uh, remiss a little bit saying hello to Kim checking in from YouTube. Um, we've got our YouTube channel, which uh, as soon as we hit, I think we need 98 more <laughs> subscribers. We've got to hit 100 subscribers to get a real channel name, but uh, you can find us there. Um, you can also find us on our brand new Facebook page. I don't know if I even, that's what I was doing on our walk today. <laughs> You're kidding. You were very focused. No, I didn't. Well, um, in order to do a lot of the streaming and stuff, you really have to, it's easiest to have a, a page. Um as, as some of you may know, or, or some of you may find out, um, I run a page called COPD Navigator, where we've done a lot of live stuff, and that's been part of the the change of the last week for me. Um, we'll get into that a little bit, but uh, learned a little bit about streaming here and there. Um, also, <laughs> if, if somebody, I, I, well, I guess I, we're, we're talking now, I can listen. Our first episode had some really strange... <laughs> audio problems so i'm gonna just real quick here um being a new channel and all that stuff um <clears throat> just trying to work out some of the kinks and all that stuff so we're gonna have a little bit of an audio test here okay so the audio sounds good this time 
<laughs> and I clear my throat on cue, as if that's part of it, yeah. <laughs> uh, welcome in, Brian. Uh, Brian, our oh, leading hi. patron on Patreon right now, patreon.com slash bestnest, uh, if you're interested in supporting our work. Um, however, we want to make it as accessible to as many people as possible. So that's certainly not, uh, not mandatory or anything like that. We just ask, uh, if, if nothing else, if you would like, if you would please like share and subscribe our various media outlets so that we can continue to, to grow and, and spread our message and help everybody take flight. Uh, so we set some goals last week. We did. And though I talk about this and Mike talks about this all day, every day, and we guide each other, uh, you know, we're here to talk about how to make small changes, uh, have that first win, that that sense of being um, effective and, you know, be, you know, inspiring yourself to go to the next thing. Because, you know, I thought how how many weeks have we been in quarantine now or or at least at home? Months, I, mean, I mean, since I. Um, since mid-March. And I thought, okay, this is an opportunity for me to go home and get my head straight and, and put my home in order, put my health in order, get a healthier routine, find better balance. And it continued. And there was uncertainty as there is. And um, it's scary and it's different and it's new. And as often happens when we want to make big change, we'll think, okay, um, I'll start tomorrow or I have this time now and it'll be great but today I want to do the things that just help me relax and cope and so I've had to kind of forgive myself for not having everything all figured out already um, and Mike and I you know and sharing that so we have this opportunity what we want to do sincerely more than anything is make a difference with people um, you know all that matters when you die is what you did for other people right and you know how how you connect with people um, the stuff the you know status none of that is important and I think this has been an important time for all of us to really reflect on that but in the meantime, we've both gained weight, and our main challenge has been obesity our whole lives. And we set some goals, and Mike is better at setting realistic goals. I'll set very lofty goals for myself because I still struggle with some um, self-shaming and poor self-image um, and some negative self talk despite unconditional love here and we want to share unconditional love with you guys so um i'll tell you that last week i claimed in a very deep voice on this channel beginning now you know because it was about to be the start of june so um you know beginning now we should probably put a little bit more context on there because we you know we're still growing people may not know us all that well we're hoping to bring in some new people that's fair um, we've both struggled with weight our whole lives mm. and, you know, I was Not just it, a little, but a no. Whole and if you go to, if you actually, if you go to, um, our Patreon page, um, that's our cover photo. It's kind of a before and after deal. And I, hmm. I surprise, um, <laughs> uh, but it's the same picture that you share, you know, I, throughout everywhere. And it's me at roughly 350 pounds and you at 310, 311 at five foot two. So. Yeah. Um, and then, um, that was right before we, we waddled, we, <laughs> we walked a 5k. Oh, well, you know, for, for larger folks, we moved. We did pretty well. We did do pretty I well. I sweat a lot. We'll give ourselves a little more credit. Yeah. I'll give, I'll give ourselves more credit. Yeah. Um, we did it. 
we did it. And that, and that, that in and of itself is a win, you know, just getting up and, and taking those first steps, literally. Mm-hmm. Um, we've both had bariatric surgery, uh, Kelly in 2013. 13, same year we got married. And me in 2016. Um, I lost at my lowest. I went, I was down about 150 pounds. Um, and I went from about 310. My lowest has been 165. I always remember we have a photo of, um, the 50th anniversary Star Trek convention. I think that was the, the best I squeezed into my shapewear and the cosplay that you were excited about. Uh, oh, where I, by the way, got a nod from when we were there you got solidly hit on by q didn't you yes yeah well and his real name is john delancey uh-huh so um that's the time i was like man one of his sci-fi you know people and i'm squeezed into this shape where i feel pretty good anyway so that's what i remember but i slowly started to regain weight and i gained a lot rapidly during this time you know well i think think of how obvious that makes the connection between stress and weight gain or falling into really falling into any bad habit. You know, we focus on, on weight because that's been our, our biggest vice or, you know, certainly my biggest vice. I don't want to speak, you know, too much out of turn. Um, but that, you know, again, that's been a lifelong struggle for the two of us and it's Mm -hmm. probably the most noticeable. And we know that there, you, you could obviously speak a lot better to this, but we know there's a lot of evidence between, stress hormones and weight and hunger signaling problems and all that kind of stuff. I've, I've listened to you do the spiel enough that I can. It's true. It's validating. And there's, there are things that can be done to help with that. That's not a matter of sheer willpower. Yeah. That, and, that's a real biological change. And so the two yeah. of us, um, you know, throughout the last, I, I would, I would say the last year, you know, we started dealing with more stressors, just, you know, clearly nothing that, you know, there's, there's a lot of other people that are dealing with worse, but mm-hmm. relative to our baseline, it was, they were stressors and frustrations and just, you know, we just couldn't seem like we were getting traction with certain things and um, just a lot of stuff going on. And generally then, imbalanced, you know, yeah, it's I not mean, feeling refreshed. Our, our stereotypical, you know, our, our uh, keep up with the Joneses American lifestyle, for lack of a better word for it. Um, that's really not terribly sustainable, in my opinion, anymore. The grind. The gr- yes, the grind. That's a perfect word for it. Because we're not working because of, you know, we're not motivated to keep up, but it's just get up, go to work, have the work outside of that, the other endeavors that support other projects, plus kids, plus home, plus sleep, plus, for me, a lot of escaping, you yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. Um, also waving to Jeannie, sorry, didn't, ah, didn't mean to overlook that. Um, but you know, it, it was a grind and it just kind of wears on you after a while. And it's the little moral injuries all the time. You know, you want to do mm-hmm. a thing, you want to do the right thing, but the system puts up every conceivable roadblock to allowing you to do the right thing easily. Um, can you, can you shift just a touch? Oh, I'm leaning on you because I love you. Oh, well, I mean, that's, no, I'm not. That's, I just want to get. We still like each other. Yeah, no, I just want to get more in the picture. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, but we started dealing with those things. And so we lost some of our good habits. You know, we lost <sighs> yeah. the, the, 
having the weight loss surgery is always, it should be looked at as a tool and, you know, it helps you get to the place where you learn to do the good habits. And we fell out of that. And then on top of that, for me, one of the biggest things was I, I, we played tennis a lot in the morning. I think we talked about this a little bit last week. Um, and I hurt my arm. I had really bad tennis elbow. And so we stopped doing that for, I was out for probably a solid three months. And again, in the grind and everything else, I, I certainly didn't follow our own advice and find alternative exercises or anything hmm. like that. So I started putting on weight. Yeah, I kind of, you know, started escalating. And then, you know, we were kind of looking ahead a little bit. Finally, you know, my, my elbow is feeling better. We're starting to get better back into the habit of going to play tennis, uh, which is in February, you know, in January, February in Michigan means you're going to a gym. Mm -hmm. And then March happened. Right. The elephant in the room, as I like to call it. And, um, we, you know, like many people, pretty much everybody, we locked down. The gyms are closed. The parks are closed. All this stuff is closed. And on top of that is the uncertainty. You know, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to happen with our careers. We don't know what's going to happen with our friends. You know, mm -hmm. we, we have friends who are literally on the front line. We have friends who, you know, we weren't sure what, what was going to happen with us. And so... Uh, we weren't sure what our working conditions were going to be like. And so we fell even further out, out of our good habits. Um, so long story short, I was back up about 20 pounds. 30. I, as of today, um, one week ago, I was up 35 pounds from when Q hit on me. 30. No, 30. I know that the number went. 165 to 195.5. And, and so part of our goal and why we're doing all this is to have some of that accountability back. We want to share, you know, our journey <laughs> toward being healthier, you know, living our best lives too. So that maybe we can share, first of all, that we can tell you that even the people who should know don't always know or don't always do. Um, and so when... It's my full-time job. I counsel all day, every day, and I mean everything I say. Hopefully the authenticity and my real falling down and picking myself up has value. That's the key. That's I mean, part of why we're even putting our mugs up here. <laughs> if, if we fall down, the people, you know, again, the people who know better, if we fall down, it's perfectly natural for anybody to fall down. So one week we set some goals to, yeah. um, uh, was it uh, six weeks until 4th of July? We wanted mm -hmm. to be back pretty close to kind our of goal like weight. six weeks to freedom or something you know kind I of the, the long-term goal right um so kelly how did you end up well like i said i made some pretty lofty goals and i'll say especially since we have um friends family and uh contacts that um know us for a lot of different reasons I uh, will admit I have an addictive personality, so I've struggled with obesity my entire life. I quit smoking. I had a five-year uh, pack-year history, a pack-a-day habit um, out of high school and into early college when stress was there. And so I quit smoking in 2003, the year I bought my house. Um, so I remember quitting smoking and what that took. Um, you know, there are times Mike would joke if I go to a casino, I'm like Danny Oceans. You know, I it's kind of go big or go home. You know, uh, I've been doing a lot of online shopping. Um, I did spend uh, 24 days of April with no alcohol because 
as can happen, we can transfer addictions to other types. And I can say that I have an alcohol use disorder and I didn't see that coming. That was never of interest to me. Um, I always thought my issue was food and then later it was uh, smoking for a while or maybe it was shopping, maybe it was anything to do with my dog. Um, so I made these lofty goals <laughs> and I said, I, I wanted something really big. So I said, I will walk five miles every day, even if it's broken up. Um, for every day in June, I will completely eliminate all alcohol. I will get all my water, vitamins, and you know, practice my sleep hygiene. And I will practice some intermittent fasting protocols. Okay, that's a lot. That is a lot. I mean, that, that that's when we and guilt was fueling that. Well, sure, and and I think that it's probably safe to say that happens to a lot of people. I mean, I, I you know, you and. I hate to be this guy, but the, the media kind of feeds into that a little bit because they have these, you know, you, your six week body makeover and your all these different things. But, you, you, you know, you were mentioning this is your job. How, how sustainable is that to to have all of these changes and to set these huge goals and to complete lifestyle makeover in the span of a, a mere couple of weeks? How how practical is that and how sustainable is it? We really don't want to set ourselves up for failure. And so I counsel patients, friends, family, anyone who actually asks for my <laughs> opinion, pick one small, very achievable thing, focus on that, feel how that feels, and then move to the next thing. Um, so we have some wins and losses this week and some good um, insights, you know, that go back to the things I know because of how I counsel, but what I need to know for myself. Because um, if, and a lot of my patients um, share in this and friends and family, if you're an all or, noth all or nothing person, or if you make all of these unattainable goals and you mess up one little thing, you will feel defeated no matter what you set yourself up for that. And then, and then it's like, fine, I'll throw in the towel or I'll start Monday or I'll find a new date. And what I've learned though, I'm, I am messy. Um, I'm still proud because I've learned to accept the mess. And I've learned that not doing all the things, but doing some of the things is still important. And I still can be proud of that. And I still can build on that. And um, Mike and I are reconciling our goals, or at least I am, into things more achievable so that we can celebrate what went well. And I can tell you, you know, I want Mike to share some of his goals and how it went. Um, but yeah, I, I have some really good insights to share. Um, and it almost seems silly that I talk about it, read about it, and boy, have I studied, you know, for years and years and years psychology, behavioral psychology, motivating factors, um, nursing theories and other health disciplines and Bandura uh, theories of self-efficacy. I mean, I've studied this, I've lived this, I've read a lot, I've been successful and I have been unsuccessful. Um, and lessons in life are taught until they're learned. Um, I think the takeaway is accept the mess and celebrate what goes well. Yes. So Jeannie apparently has uh, given up chocolate, and she's really missing it right now. Um, Brian, I'm, um, I'm hoping, hopeful that's a high five. Or do you have a question? We is this 
Well, we do uh, Zoom conferences sometimes, so some, you know we have the, right. the hand raise up there. Um, if anybody, of course, has any questions or wants to share their own story or you know positive, negative, please, please, please feel free to jump in. Um, drop those comments. We love to to have an interaction as much as we can with this with this kind of format. So, um, you know what what you what you mentioned, you know the the nursing and knowing all this. Okay, Brian, it is a high five, Brian. So, so <laughs> thank you. Um, We've got two what are kind of becoming favorite sayings. Um, mine comes from um, The Matrix, you know, the Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves, side note, one of the most underrated actors, I think, of all time. Uh, love Keanu Reeves, from Bill and Ted all the way up to, to John Wick. But um, maybe not that Lake House movie, but was it? Right. Yeah, but uh, I digress. There, in the very first Matrix, he, he and uh, um, Lawrence Fishburne, who, who plays Morpheus, also very wise, uh, another fantastic actor, um, tells him that there, there's a difference between knowing the path and walking the path. I mean, you, know, you can look at a map and you, or your GPS or whatever, and you can know exactly where you're supposed to go, but you still need to go there. Oops. You need to go to there, as they say. Um, Tina Fey. Yes. You, you'll as as we go through this fight to flight journey, you'll notice that we may have a pop culture reference or two scattered throughout for flavor. <laughs> um, but yeah, there, there's a difference between knowing the path and walking the path, and oh, that's again kind of that's yeah. kind of the key. I mean, yeah. we want it's really easy for there. There's this dynamic in healthcare where you know we're the trained professionals. We know what we're talking about. We tell you the patient to do a thing. Um, and then you're supposed to do that thing. And then if you don't do that thing, you usually feel bad about it. You know, I talk about that in my clinic a lot, especially with smoking, you know, that a lot of times people aren't entirely honest about how much they smoke, but because we make people feel guilty or, or how much they, if they're taking their meds, the right, you know, if they, if they've taken all their meds or anything like that, because everybody wants to be the, the get the gold star. Everybody wants to be the good patient. Or they don't want I've to be shamed it. and, and or, ridiculed. Yeah, yeah. So well, I think that patriarchal model is ineffective. Oh, wholeheartedly yeah, agree. Yeah, yeah I mean, like... it's got to be collaboration. And in order to have collaboration, you've got to have trust. Um, so I have my knowing the path, walking the path. What was yours from last week? Did I say? Knowing is half the battle, but... It isn't the only part it's of the only battle. only half the battle. It's only half. There you go. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. I, uh, that really spoke to me. I mean, I, 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 like, <sighs> I like them both in different ways. They kind of say the same thing, but I think they resonate a little bit differently. And so what, what resonates with one person might, you know, might be different for somebody else. Hi, Monica Wagner. Dr. Dr. Wagner joining Yeah, talk in today. about someone with perseverance and goals and... We love her. Absolutely. Yeah. Emma still will joke. Man, Monica is just out there living, living her, her best, best life. Yeah, you're our hero. Uh, actually, um, brilliant pain researcher today, down yeah. in, uh, still in Pittsburgh? Yeah. Still in Pittsburgh? Postdoc. Post, well, yeah, I PhD prepare. I, I don't know. Postdoc, yes. So. Mm -hmm. Anyway, welcome. And, and also, you know, a, a fantastic role model. Monica, yes. you know, I've been inspired by a lot of her posts. In quarantine, you know, being responsible with the physical distancing and everything else, still doing 
sharing her her runs and her walks and uphill and downhill and went this route today and thought I was going to take it light, ended up pushing it, feel really great. I mean, it's just... It's... And not a little bit, like marathon. Oh, yeah. In I the mean, heat. Yeah. Gotta, Congratulations. Trying to stay hydrated here, by the way. <laughs> so... Speaking of, we do look a little disheveled today. Um, oh, yes. I've got my we, sweat mullet still. We did. We actually did our um, five-mile walk um moments before coming on live here we got the we got a little bit of a late start today as happens on a you know a easy like sunday morning uh -huh. um but wanted to get our steps in and and we did that so we just uh and it's a nice warm day beautiful day here in kalamazoo another ray of sunshine we got to walk past uh doing that we're doing a lot of birthday parades in the uh in the neighborhood today and i had seen it on oh, facebook yeah. Yesterday, they had talked about it in our in our um, neighborhood Facebook group. And a uh, 13-year-old uh, had her birthday party. And, uh, parents were inviting people to just drive by and say hello. And they had uh, Baymax from Big Hero 6. Another big um, hero ah. of mine. Baymax is a nurse. Yeah. So I'm very thrilled. That was exciting. That was fun. We there were hope. several celebrations. Yeah, there were there were a couple. I don't know if one was a grad party or and then uh, there was were... a baby. Okay. A baby in a high chair in a yard. And dad was putting all the good stuff in front of baby there. That was ah. fun. Yeah. Uh Brian's a big fan of Pittsburgh and Jennifer Winchester loving the dress. Oh, I like that thanks. dress. It's a nice dress. Thanks. I, um, I, it was a disaster. I had to, I, my left shoulder is still kind of stuck in a position. So I, I had Mike peel my walking clothes off and like a toddler, he has to like take my sports bras and stuff off. My shoulder doesn't have full range of motion and pull them down. So I don't cry like a baby. And then I was like, well, what am I going to put on my sweaty body now? And kind of rummaged through things it's been a while but i thought i'd be cooling off this way so thank, thank you actually this was on clearance at my um my workplace's gift shop a couple years ago so you gotta figure out the, the best camera angle because this is this is a dress that you want to show off it's got beautiful colors a nice pattern so i don't know if you can another day baby yeah <laughs> another day all right we'll have before that'll and be afters. that'll be another victory but um on the subject of victories you mentioned that the lofty goals are not yet complete. Yes. Do you want to share your your wins or do you want me to tell my wins first? Um, I will go whichever order you would like. All right. I'll share my wins then. Um, I did. So I said I wanted to walk five miles every day. We walked Sunday before this first show. And then I walked every day but one. I took Friday off. I had a kind of an injury to a toe and I wasn't feeling fantastic and back to hormones and various things. So I walked six out of seven days and I covered 23 miles and um, well over five hours. So between five and six hours of aerobic activity. And I tell people and what the research says is, especially after significant weight loss, physical activity becomes crucial to maintain weight loss. So you were talking about that. And, um, you know, for those of us who've lost significant weight, we really need to try to be getting at least five hours of aerobic activity, at least 40 minutes of strength training per week. And I did hit the over five hours. Um, and so my, 
more realistic goal for this next week is I covered 23 miles and at least five hours of aerobic activity. I want to cover more than 25 miles. And, and the miles I'm talking about, because there were days that I got more than that, you know, just in life, but of the intentional, you know, aerobic continuous physical activity, the goal is more than 25 miles and to maintain at least five hours, but it's about 90 minutes for us to walk five miles at once right now. We're, we're, we're working on that. Um, and to add in my strength training, which may mostly be my shoulder physical therapy that I haven't been great about. So the goal is to do that at least um, Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, strength training at least 15 minutes and schedule that in like an appointment in the morning. Um, I might need Mike's help, so he'll be getting up early with me to help me with that. Um, I did definitely get more water. Um, I was more conscious of food, but I didn't, but I also made some pretty poor food choices. Um, at times I drank alcohol every day. Um, that's a bigger struggle than I even knew would ever be for me. So, um, while I think Mike and others can moderate, I think it's something that I just have to eliminate, but I wasn't ready. Um, and so when we talk about, um, you know, quitting smoking and other things, have those other things set up to replace why you're using, you know, and for me, it's anxiety. It's always been anxiety. I've been anxious since I was young. I'm on medications. I have done counseling. I need to do more, but my mood is, so the other win is my mood and energy so much better with that activity looking forward to the neighborhood walk, starting to recognize people's lawns and homes. And, and that's been good sleeping. We're both sleeping a lot better. Oh yeah. Moods better. Energy's better. And especially in the last part of this week, when we've been hitting five miles, I don't want as much bad food. And I have actually experienced that endorphin rush, like a runner's high, which incidentally does feel better than being drunk. So, um, there's hope, you know, I, I'm disappointed. And there were times that you know, I was really um, frustrated with myself and I, I know it causes stress for the people around me who love me. Um, so I have good unconditional support and I appreciate that. Um, you know, so this week I want to continue getting my water and my physical activity and more than anything, I'm going to have to eliminate the alcohol beginning tomorrow. Just eliminate for me. Um, because what ha that's that is a, a slippery slope because I have that and then I'm not as productive and then I feel bad that I haven't been as productive and then I make poor food choices and I have empty calories and then I'm not metabolizing the calories I do have. I go to bed early. I miss out on my family. I, you know, it's really a slippery slope. So what I'll say is um, when the last time we went as a family to Art Bayou, I made a cup knowing, you know, I keep trying just like I, I tried to quit smoking 20 different times before it happened. As and many people do. I, I, I tried a thousand different ways to lose weight and now I feel like I have, you know, the uh, dream team support. And so now my supplemental activity for when I want to comfort or self-soothe or just kind of numb out due to anxiety and so I reach for alcohol is to use this little teacup I made with my initial, but, you know, kind of being cheeky. This is my K cup. 
I have a lot of good, healthy herbal tea. And so I can still have a drink um, and still something warm. After my surgery, I did well with warm fluids um, to soothe me. And so when I want to have an unhealthy drink, then I have several different amazing teas and a, a tea kettle. And I'll use my special K-cup in a ritual to treat myself um, and and really be touching base with with what's really going on and and um, think about the big picture. So that's a lot said, but well, I, I you bring up some fantastic points. I mean, when I talk tobacco cessation and drumming or yeah. or vaping, you know, all that kind of stuff. You know, I, one of the things I talk about is kind of is substitution, distraction, and substitution because. It's really easy sometimes to, you know, to go right from smoking and then you get into, you know, eating a handful of peanuts or mints endlessly or things like that. And again, it's just kind of those empty calories. When I quit smoking, it was peanut butter. <laughs> now, there's a little bit of a different, you know, there, there's the physiology might be a little bit different because you, you're, you're looking for, well, just because it can be, maybe it's not, but the psychology is very similar. I think, mm -hmm. you know, you're looking for something to soothe yourself. Um, and you know, you, you had mentioned the phrase transfer of addiction earlier today. Um, you know, when you're relying on when, when you're overeating or over drinking or over smoking or over gambling or doing, you know, any of the, the various dependency type activities, sleeping, I think, uh, yeah, sleeping, you're, you're kind of, you're soothing, you're self-soothing, you know, it's like a security blanket. And so if you try to immediately get rid of that bad habit without something to replace it, mm -hmm. something will sneak in. You know, if you don't have a plan to replace it, you know, like you were saying w with your cup or, you know, going for the walks or things like that, if you don't have a plan to replace the activity, then, then something else that is convenient will pop in there. Immediate gratification. Yeah. It's easy. Yeah. And again, that doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. It just, that's just how we're wired, I mm -hmm. think, as people. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, thank you for sharing all that. I mean, just being so real. I mean, that's. Yeah. I told you, I've been thinking about yeah. all the good and bad. <laughs> Um, so my goal, I was, um, because I, I'm not as, well, I'll, I'll say I'm not as optimistic as Kelly is. I, I know that I am kind of a small goal, small ball guy right now, uh, as far as setting goals and things like that. Um, my biggest goal was to get 10,000 steps. When I was first starting on my, my most successful weight loss journey prior to the surgery and all that, um, I started walking, you know, I started walking in San Francisco at a conference and then got home and figured getting up the hills there, I can do the flatness of Southwestern Michigan, no problem. Um, so I was a step guy and I thought, well, that is just as, as good a place as any to start. So I had set a goal, just like my original goal back in the day, I wanted to hit 10,000 steps every day. Um, I was mostly successful. Um, I have here, I said I would show, I would demonstrate. I have, um, I can get, nope. Um, June 1st was, uh, was, was that our show or uh, was that Monday? Our show was our the show 30th. Was the 30th. 
the 30th? The 31st. 31st, yeah. And so it all started Monday. So Monday, June 1st, I got 84.67. The second, I got 92.38. And all the time since then, I've gotten at least 10,000 steps. So um, what I learned from that, I don't know that it was so much of a learning, but a reminding is that sometimes this stuff takes a little time. You know, you can't necessarily immediately jump into a new thing and and get there immediately. Oh, yeah. You know, we, I am looking at mine, you know, my. We have, you know, as Kelly was saying, it takes an hour and a half to for us to uh, total amount of time. It takes about an hour and a half to get to 10,000 steps. Sometimes it's broken up through the day. Sometimes it's on the walk. But, you know, not everybody has an hour and a half to just dedicate to going for a walk. And we're just averaging like 17 to 19 minutes per mile. So it's not like we're running or even at the like speed walking pace of 15 miles. We're not not Monica Wagnering it. Or 15 minutes per mile is like speed walking. We're, We're still working up to that. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I mean, you know, still even, even. That said, you know, if five miles at 15 minutes a mile, that's still over an hour. That would be one hour, 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah we need to shave 15 minutes off. Yeah. So and we did some today. You know, if we're fortunate in that, you know, maybe we can get up early or, you know, we have the these breaks in the day. Not everybody has that. Not everybody has, you know, I, as I well know, not everybody has the, the breathing capacity to do that. <laughs> um So whatever the goal is, if you need to kind of build up to it, that's why it's a goal. Um, You know, when I talk smoking cessation, you know, we we have we talk a lot all the time about setting a quit date and all that stuff. And, you know, that that can work for some people. But uh, what you got there? Yeah, lighten it up. Um, That can work for some people. But again, if you're just stopping a habit and putting it um here so this that is... was my map map my walk legit not making it up we said we would have objective proof yep um you know it goes back to if you're if you're separate if you're chopping off the one bad habit then you're probably you're either not going to be successful and then you're going to feel guilty yeah or something equally bad is going to pop in there. So build up to it, build up to your goal. So that set a, set a realistic goal so that you're not setting yourself up for failure. Right. Um, you know, again, I work with a lot of folks with difficulty in breathing, so it, it's hard to say, well, your goal should be to walk around the block. It's all relative to yeah. where people are, meet them where they are. Meet, yeah. Have realistic expectations for yourself. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and if it goes wrong, the other the thing where that's that's harder to do, if you don't reach the goal, it you it's really easy to say, well, I, I didn't do it. I'm a failure. There's something wrong with me. I might as well give up. I'm just broken. And that's it. Hmm. What's more important to do is to say, well, why didn't I reach the goal? How did we what were my barriers? What? You know, it wasn't that I wasn't motivated to do it. Did I not have time? Did I just not have the energy? Did I not have the capacity? Is the goal unrealistic? It's okay to, you know, to dial your goals back a little bit. Uh, You know, you don't want to coddle yourself, so it it can be a little bit tricky, but you find that happy medium, that that middle way, as our Buddhist friends would say, find that balance 
and, and with a realistic goal that you can achieve and feel good about. And when patients will come to me and say, oh, I was afraid to tell you that I did this or this happened or, you know, or as I'm doing visits now with, with people during this strange time. And I'll say, I'm so glad you're sharing that with me. I'm so glad that you know you can be honest and talk about this. I'm struggling too. And so I have a list of things that I send people kind of, and I've been joking that it's my quarantine care plan, but you know, maybe we change our expectations of ourselves when we're under this kind of stress. Um, you know, or if someone, you know, loses a loved one or has had a huge change, like new job, new marriage, um, child moves out, empty. Pandemic. Um, yeah, I mean, a, a new health crisis, a financial crisis, um, you know, realizing the bigger picture and giving yourself some space and not accept, you know, expecting perfection. And what I'll say is, I'm so glad you're sharing this with me. And I guess this is, I guess what I'm doing by throwing all this out there to all of you in this way. This is how we learn how to pick ourselves back up and that we can be messy. We can make mistakes and you can still win. You know, there's kind of an 80-20 rule. If 80% of the time you're on point, because you're, you know, you're committed to, and in a realistic way, considering the context of the situation. So sometimes people are coming to me and I'll say, you know what, how about you come back in like three months when life settles down and, you know, don't make yourself, don't run yourself ragged trying to make these huge changes. It's not the right time. Yeah. Maybe it's just not the right time and that's okay. Um, you know, do the best you can to nurture yourself and then come back to it. Um, I'm, I'm loving that we're having comments. So, um, but, but I say this and then I do feel that um, people will come back to me with some faith that uh, they'll never be condemned. Certainly, under, I understand it. But also, I, if you know what went awry and you can bear witness to it and share it with another person and then just feel supported, that's really all that matters. If you can, like you said, you know, if you can even identify, well, this is the thing that didn't go as well. Maybe those barriers can be addressed right now. Maybe they can't, and that's okay. But never, ever, ever give up on yourself. I can't tell you mm. how humbling it is to admit to the people of the world right now, uh, my family, friends, patients, you know, I'm up 30 pounds from my lowest post-op weight, and I never hit my actual goal. Um, whoa. But... I'm sharing this openly because I'm not giving up on myself, um, even though I'm very critical of myself. But I don't think I'm hopeless. I don't think anyone else is hopeless. You're never too old. You're never too far gone to deserve unconditional love and support and to make changes that will improve your quality of life. And, and the other th most important thing is defining your worth and success from within hmm. no one else's expectations of you not society's expectations of you no one else's timeline no one keeping score you are it, that has been a very important thing and something my dear dad wanted me to learn at a young age and, and kept trying to reinforce find your light from within and define your worth and success from within and the only, you know, the only thing that matters is that you're finding a way to make yourself proud and you bring supportive people around you to, to get there. 
got some support from Jeannie and from Linda McMahon. Thank you very much. Uh, um, celebrating Kelly, Kelly's victories there. Um, when I was when I was listening to you, I was thinking of you know in in healthcare we have these idea of never events, things that should never happen. You know, of course, it's easy to say because you know, to err is human, right? Um, and historically, there's been you know when you have a never event, somebody gets in trouble, somebody gets punished because somebody screwed up. More modern, more in a more modern context, there is a push. I'm not going to say that we always get there to get away from the punitive stuff, but there is a push to do. Okay, so this thing happened. Let's do a root cause analysis, and I'm sure it's probably in other businesses too. But when a bad thing happens in healthcare, we try to do this whole root cause analysis thing to figure out what went wrong. What are the factors that contributed to it? Is there a system problem? Is it a training thing? Is it lack of safety? lockouts and things like that you know what what is it that happens and so if you don't do your goal don't punish yourself figure out what went wrong and figure out how, you know what what barriers need to be overcome like i said before maybe it's an, maybe it's an unrealistic goal maybe it's something that can't happen i know that i am never going to dunk a basketball <laughs> it's just not who i you know i i had 30 years of carrying around 250, 300 pounds. I think if I did that, my knees would literally explode if I, if I landed again. Um, so, but I, so I'm not going to get mad at myself for not being able to dunk a basketball. Um, I'm going to realize that that's an unrealistic goal. And maybe say, if I really want to do that, maybe I get a step ladder out and then I can carefully place the ball into the hoop. Um, but that's the, you know, so just, Good analogy, yeah. just make sure that you have a realistic goal and you're not setting yourself up for failure. I want to hit up a couple of the other yeah. the comments here. Uh, Monica had some great advice for, um, interval training, working great for building up, go faster for 30 or 60 seconds and slower for 30 helps build endurance and control heart rate and breathing. Thank Excellent. you. Excellent. I, I was thinking about doing that today. Excuse me. If we weren't get, because we had a timeline to try to get here and get this set up. Um, and so tomorrow we're going to, we do that sometimes on our vacation on Beaver Island. We'll just kind of jog for some bursts. And mm -hmm. so we're going to. And to a certain degree, when we do play tennis, that's, I don't know if that's really interval training because it's really more of a stop and start, but it, it's similar in that. I mean, when we're playing, we we're, sprint. yeah, you sprint and you sprint and you sprint and then you're done for a second. Then you sprint and you sprint and you sprint. So, um. You know, it's funny, a couple of the days during the week when I was getting my steps in, I, you know, we had gone on a shorter walk or something like that. And then I wasn't, you know, I hadn't really gotten to where I needed to be. And so I would walk in place, you know, kind of like we yeah, did, on, did on Fitness Friday when we were doing the, the Leslie Sansone for, for Navigator. Um, but there were a couple of times where I was like, I just want to get this done. So I actually jogged in place. Yeah, you, you shook I, the living room. Well, but I'm you got not, your goal. not a light guy. I mean, I've <laughs> lost weight, but I'm still not, you know, I'm not featherweight. Um, um, and, and I've never been a, a joggy kind of guy. I mean, I played football in high school and that was probably the last time I ran until I started playing tennis again. Um, but I found myself not only doing it, but kind of like automatically doing it. I was like, okay, I'm going to jog now. And I got my steps in and then I was done. And, you know, I think it's because of where we've been with tennis. You know, it's a, it's that same idea of, you, you know, you don't know you do the interval and then all of a sudden you can do it. Oh, know? we can get there. We'll say, "Woo, I got my wheels. 
Well, Monica's a really good example of those intervals because I, you know, we go way back and I remember when she was first starting to work out and she was so committed. Um, you know, I had a treadmill here walking and then, you know, she has been committed for, uh, man, it's at least 15 years now that I know of, um, and now training, you know, these long distances. So she has really, thank you for being a glowing example of that. You know, I know she's done a lot of that interval training and really put it to good use. And Linda McMahon, um, talks about, um, liking a treadmill and I do too, um, and yeah, then you don't have to carry your O2 tank, but for, you know, it can kind of keep you going and keep you paced and you can control your environment. Um, and then like you said, Mike, um, do you remember the time I was so excited that I, I, I had gotten so conditioned with some intervals, like Monica was talking about, that I just wanted to run. Mm -hmm. and that was on the island, wasn't it? No, that, and I, I had a blister, so I took my shoes off and I ran a mile in my socks on the gym treadmill and I like tore my feet up, but I was so proud of myself and so euphoric because just, tr you know, after a while, it just, it's what my body wanted to do, you know, kind of like when Forrest Gump, you see him run and the braces just come off. That's kind of how I felt. Um, so I'm excited to see what happens in our six weeks. Yeah. Um, so we've got probably about 10 minutes left if anybody wants to share some of their stories or some more uh, suggestions like Monica or Linda. Love to hear some more of it. Um, and the treadmill doesn't involve the AM. <laughs> As Brian says, yeah. Yeah, whatever time of day works. Yeah. The treadmill. Uh, uh, oh, the anxiety. Also a good point. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, it, it, again, going back to the folks who, who have struggles with breathing. Um, it, when we when we look at symptom burden in COPD, one of the questions is um, when we use a, a test that uh, looking at, at symptoms do you get anxious when you leave the house? Because a lot of people do, because you're out of your comfort zone. You know, you don't necessarily have your, your equipment, your oxygen or, you know, what have you. And, you know, what happens if you get, um, um, what happens if you get short of breath? What happens if you mm -hmm. start having any kind of a attack, you know, mm -hmm. anything like that? Sometimes it is easier to, to, to do it in the comfort of your own home. Um, and there, there's certainly nothing wrong with that. Um, the anxiety of, of, will I be able to get home? Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, that's, that's a real struggle for a lot of folks. So again, finding the exercise that works for you. Um, I play tennis, you know, I, I use the, the dunking a basketball analogy. I'm not good at basketball. You know, if you said that all I can do from now on is do basketball, that's my workout. I probably wouldn't do it because I don't like it. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there, there's, I, if you told me that I had to run or I had to jog, I probably wouldn't do that because it, 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 that just doesn't work for me. Find the activity that does work for you because that's the thing that you're going to do. Yeah. Um, this past Monday and then coming up this Monday, um, I do a harmonica support group um, for, for the breathing folks. The, the folks with breathing problems, person-centered language. Sorry. I should learn that. I should join you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we talk a lot about, you know, we do the harmonica because it, it's fun. You know, there's a lot of, there are other breathing techniques, but you're not really like producing anything. You know, it's just kind of, you're blowing on a device or you're, you're doing the personal breathing with the harmonica. You're making noise, you're making a song, you know, it's a creative process that engages more, you know, literally more senses and more parts of your brain. And most people can have a little bit of fun with it. 
um, or can associate it with some positive times because, you know, when we play harmonica together, it doesn't always sound the greatest, but we usually have a pretty good time. <laughs> so you have those Laughter. positive, yeah, you yeah. have those positive connections to it. So find the thing that makes you positive and you enjoy doing and that you engage with because that's what's going to be sustainable. Yeah, I joke with people, I'll run, but I'll run to a ball. I'm not going to run for the sake of running. Yeah. Except that my body kind of liked that little trot. But, yeah, you know, I had to work up to that. Mike, I said a lot, and I tend to be verbose, as we know. I'm not sure we heard your goals for this week. I haven't set them yet. Right, One thing I want to do is, you know, we're on a weight loss journey. Oh, yeah, we, we haven't shared that because exactly. that's not the most important part. We kind of shared how, well, I mean. It's a measure of oh, what yeah. our behavior changes. And yeah. that's, you know, and I that's why I didn't think that that's the first thing we would share is what happened. No, and I misheard you right there. I, yeah. I, I was going to emphasize the very point that you're making. Okay. So we're, we're on the same page. It, it's we're not, grossly married. <clears throat> yeah, what um, your word for. You know, working in obesity medicine, a lot of times people focus on weight, mm -hmm. on the number. Um, what is the, what are the other things that you talk about? Non-scale victories. Non-scale victories. You know, cause those, and behavior changes yeah. and, and improved quality of life just with any chronic disease. Right? But yeah, I mean, that, that's why the weight isn't necessary. You know, to, to go back to Brian for a minute, talking about some of his respiratory numbers, he said that you should know the number, but you shouldn't let the number tell you who you are. And I think there's a solid argument to be made with weight too. Oh, I mean, yeah. you know, I, I, you know, I look right now and I'm, I'm, I'm too high. Well, last week I was 230 pounds. Um, I weighed 230 pounds at various points in high school and they were a lot different, you know, just because oh. my bone density is different. I think I wear smaller pants at 230 as an adult and then 230 as a, as a teenager. Yeah, I, I wear a size eight at 170, 165, 170, and I had to be 135, 140 as a sophomore in high school to wear an eight. So weight, BMI, you know, those numbers, they, they can be tools, but much like you know, one of the things I, I like to talk about is there, it's like a jigsaw puzzle. You know, you have this part of the weight is this part of the picture and BMI is this part of the picture, but also pant size is one side, is, uh, you know, one part yeah. of the picture. We've been bodybuilding <clears throat> carrying extra weight. Um, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, his BMI is 34. That's class one obesity working on class two. He's not over fat. <laughs> Good God, you know, um, so not all of us are going to have a normal BMI or be in the normal ranges, nor should we. We're going to look bad, look sick. It, you know, it's all relative. Um, your goal weight's where you're happy, healthy, feel good, and, you know, you've reduced some of your, your risks. But, I mean, um, those numbers are only part of it, a small part of it, really. That said, that is part of the goal. And thank you, fams. Really, talk about rock stars. I know, fams. <laughs> Come on, man. Um have, for those of you who don't know, right? Fam, oh yeah, yeah. Fam's is not only an outstanding respiratory therapist, but literally runs a global foundation for to support people um, around the world and does um, incredible uh, charity and, and outreach work and is, is truly a, a role model for anybody looking for one or not, I guess. But um, I would like to meet you in person someday when it's safe. Oh, he's such yeah. a nice guy. I know. That's all you're saying. I'm <laughs> jealous. So anyway. I still love that picture. I saw Andy Schwartz pop up a little bit a little while ago. One of my all-time favorite pictures is 
um, back in the days when we used to be able to travel, I went out and spoke at uh, uh, the Massachusetts Society for Respiratory Care and got a picture with fans and with I remember Andy. you look so loved... happy like a little kid. <laughs> I mean, it's like, you know, they're my people there. Yeah. I, I knew uh, the, I, I want to meet everybody I know on Facebook, you know, because you get to yeah. know folks from a distance and you just want to, you know, your people. So yeah. uh, anytime, fans, thank you for joining in. Um, they, I mean, thank you. Um, but like I said, that said, weight is part of the number. And I am happy to announce that I actually did lose three pounds this week. Again, not making massive changes. Um, you know, my, my big goal was to do steps and, you know, taking an extra hour out of my day instead of sitting on the couch playing Mario Kart or Fallout or something like that, got up and walked. Um, and with one relatively minor change in routine, Lost three pounds, as you mentioned before. Sleep is a lot better. Oh, um, yeah. Mood is better. Oh, yeah. Which I've needed this week because you know I, I've had some you know professional changes. We're going back to work. I've really been enjoying doing daily live shows, and I, I'm I'm having to give that up right now because I got to go back to you know and paying the bills and all that stuff. <sighs> um, and that was that was a stressor, you know, because we still You're grieving. I You're absolutely, grieving. Yeah. absolutely, and I, and I still am. I mean, I that know. this is the kind of stuff that in the quarantine, because I, you know, because I'm privileged enough to you know have all the the basic needs met and all that stuff, it, it puts into perspective what you really want to do. And one of the things that I really want to do is be be a more of a creator type. Um, it's something I have longed to do for a long time. I've been able with my daily shows and stuff, I've been able to do a lot of creative stuff. I've been able to integrate you and the kids and we've learned a lot of stuff. We've been able to play together and it's, it's been really interesting. I love the people we meet and, and the regular people who tune in that we're seeing here. So I'm hoping to get back to that before too long. Um, Kim, um, we thank you very much, Kim. Kim says, you've both inspired me. My goal this week is to eat a healthy breakfast. I usually skip it and make poor choices later. Now, that's, that's an interesting thought. Um, not, I'm trying to think of how to put this. You know, um, we, why don't you, so we, we're always taught that breakfast is the most important meal of the day, right? I have tried to a certain degree, kind of this whole intermittent fasting thing where you're supposed to stop at a certain time and then you don't eat until noon. And that's really kind of worked for me. I found that oftentimes I'm not particularly hungry in the morning. Yeah, <clears throat> I have to wrap. I have to reconcile this because every person's different. Oh, yeah. So, just, I mean, if you're someone who's absolutely yeah. not hungry in the morning anyway, ever, ever, and then you don't make poor decisions, so say... Um, you have an eating window of noon to eight. And this is some fairly new research. Well, a, um, fairly new research that's been vetted. But, you know, um, I went to an obesity conference in San Diego 2018. Yeah. And um, the other nurse practitioner and I um, saw Dr. Jason Fung talk about intermittent fasting and how, and this kind of goes against some of the things we've learned, Um you know, we don't, you know, we might have been told always have breakfast or eat, you know, six to eight small meals a day. And then if we have metabolic disturbances that are so common, like, um, you know, insulin resistance, the more we feed, the more often we feed, the more we release insulin. That's the fat storing hormone. Many of us 
are resistant. So every time we feed ourselves, we're kicking out extra insulin. And so maybe our blood sugars always look fine, but we're tired, cranky, gaining weight and all these things. And um, it's the fat storing hormone and prevents the breakdown of fat. So the more often or the more you have, the more insulin you release, and then it can be harder to lose weight. But not all of us have that same thing. And we all metabolize differently. And there's, you know, genetics and circadian rhythm and a lot of different things. Needless to say, we were interested and compelled by this when we came back home. And my um, colleague, Lynn, who, you know, we work in the same environment. We are both family nurse practitioners. We both had the gastric sleeve of 2013, you know, like controlling for some things. And she was like, Kelly, I couldn't drive to work if I didn't have breakfast. I've got to have breakfast. Or I, you know, so she really does not feel well if she were to do something like that. So it's not for everyone. And then we have patients and we counsel a lot of people have at least 10 to 20 grams of protein within an hour or two of waking. And that can help with energy and jumpstart metabolism and, you know, try to start, you know, have a good protein source. That's what I'll say. That's a great idea. So I'm not trying to, Kim, I'm oh, not tearing yeah. down what oh, you're no, saying. Oh, no, 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 no. Um, I just. Where some people might feel like, man, they, you know, I have been told, I have been told, I have been told. If you're someone that, if you have a, a high protein lunch, say you're, you're, you know, you do try this, you know, um, eating window of eight hours where you have lunch at noon and, you know, you stop eating by eight. And if you can make good food choices and physically feel good trying that and, you know, you're you just have your morning coffee with a lot of without a lot of sweeteners or tea or something like that and you feel good and you you feel empowered. That is, you know, the the research is out there. But I will say a lot of people just feel better you know, fueled and especially with that breakfast, having some protein. So I think that's a great goal. And I have people all the time that'll, you know, they'll just get, or if they feed themselves well at breakfast, um, they are fueled and have more energy and that gets things going. Um, They might get busy throughout the day and they'll say, well, if I don't have anything in the morning and I kind of forget at lunch, then I want everything that ever was and um, that is also a very common thing. So if that helps set you straight, especially, um, I think that's a great goal. And thanks for sharing it. And yummy. And you know, well, and love I've, breakfast I've kind food. of I've kind of straddled both sides because for a long time, I that's kind of what I would do for breakfast. What I would either do, you know, I, I would make my own protein shakes, well, drinks, because I would. I'd use the powder and a flavor drink mix or something like that because I just got so tired of like the chocolate, vanilla, strawberry. Yeah. <laughs> um, or I would have a protein bar. Um, you know, looked at it carefully. You know, made sure it wasn't too many carbs. It just it was like an actual protein bar and not like a souped up granola bar or anything. Right. Um, and those would work really well for me too. Actually, yeah. And I've I've shared that when he would add that protein source at breakfast. Um, and we, we do that a lot on vacation. We mm-hmm. were like good at it because we weren't as stressed. Um, where if you had nothing or you had something less healthy, your weight, and we were pretty active with tennis and all of that. So your weight was not changing, but then you added that 20 grams of protein with as, as breakfast. And you were at first like losing a pound a day. That's how much fueling um, the body in general and with good you know the good macronutrients you know 
can make a really big difference. And yeah. for some people, if they don't start at that time of day, they won't get that, for most people, minimum 60 grams of protein in a day. Well, so. and and so the moral of the story, as it usually is, is there's not going to be a one-size-fits-all. Oh, no, no. For, yeah, you know, we get lots of questions, and quite appropriately, and everyone's got advice on how you should do this and that. And, you know, I, I when I work with people, you know, it's always adapting to what works for you. Again, that collaborative model. It isn't, I have this cookie cutter, one size fit all, fits all plan. And I read this one article and so every, or I'm financially invested in blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. And, and what works for me now at 42 is not the same thing that worked at 22. And it won't be the same thing that works at 62. No, right. So, so, um, I think my goal for this week, um, I am going to, you know, again, keep it relatively tame, I guess. Maybe I should be shooting higher, but um, I'm going to, I'm adding in one step at a time. I'm going to continue doing my steps. And, you know, you put that protein goal out there. My goal is to now start tracking my food a little bit more carefully, or at least the macronutrients part of it. I'm going to hit 60 grams of protein um, every day next week. A minimum of minimum of, of sixty yeah. grams of protein every day next week. Especially with being this active and in the heat, it's you yeah. know hydration check. We've got that, um, and our vitamins, our yeah. Oh yeah, I gotta be better at taking my my daily stuff. So, um, so I'll throw that in there too. You know that'll be you know that that's the stretch goal. That's I'm gonna get at least sixty grams of protein, and I'm gonna get uh, I'm gonna take my my meds that are sort lovingly sorted every uh, all the time. We'll take them together in the morning, I because yeah, it, it, we have a little schedule. But anyway, we'll do that. Together. Well, because I totally I, I totally spaced out that when I when I went back to work, I I thought. I had been taking them, but then I noticed that the days that I went to work this week, I didn't take my pills. And was, your loving wife sorts them in a right. handy little sorter. So, um, so that's how I knew. It was like, oh, I guess I'm not doing a good job. So, but we, we fall down to, to learn to pick ourselves I up. lost 3.3 pounds. I don't know yes. if I said that. No, not yet. I was going to throw, after I did my uh. goals, throw that to you. 3.3, so well done. Huh. Yep. Healthy rate of loss is a half a pound to two per week. Um, and as much as I have to lose and as much extra water weight as I've had because of some other things, I could have lost more, um, and even safely, but I'll take it. Uh, but again, know. it comes back to the sustainability. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah. you can certainly have, you know, if you were to do diuretics and stimulants and all that stuff, I mean, you could have dramatic weight loss in a week and then put it all back on the next week. Yeah. The diuretic part scared me because some people will just take water pills on their own and then lose potassium and well right that's what i'm saying i mean yeah. you you, you it, whatever it is what again whatever habit you're trying to change it's got to be in a sustainable fashion oh another thing i had um a patient tell me this if any of you know or you've had kids that wrestle um as if we didn't have enough i mean we could have a whole show on the importance of quality sleep and and um, how that relates to and we will yeah and yeah so so <laughs> we hold on to that a little bit but I said are you sleeping well because sometimes people will lock in great nutrition great activity even have meds optimized and vitamins and minerals and hydration and all of that but if they're not sleeping well or they're super stressed out the body won't release it'll just hold on to save you from that crisis you know keeping that extra fuel to like save you um, and then not having good restorative sleep is so important. And she said, wow, 
that makes good sense because my son, when he'd have to get a good weight to weigh in for his class for wrestling, they would go to bed early. Like that's one of the, you know, I'm thinking of like, you know, how there are unhealthy ways to lose weight. But one key thing she'd say, they'd all go to bed and like try to get eight to 10 hours of sleep or something like that. And she said, it really works. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it has a, a lot to do with everything. So for some of us, the first most important thing is find a healthy way to blow off steam um, or, or a little self-care ritual with a little K-cup or something and, um, you know, get some damn sleep. Yeah. All right. Ah, uh, the K-cup. All right. Well, um, thank you very much, everybody, for joining in to our, our new initiative here. Um, our, our other goal for next week is to have a new background. We've gone from the traditional um, COPD well, navigator uh, transporter room background to, uh, as John Oliver might put it, a, a gray void. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we're looking at, to get some more, some more backdrops and all that stuff. We're also looking at what, you know, our, our, as we mentioned a couple of times during the show, we want this to be collaborative. We can't, you, we don't know what problems are unless people tell us. So, you know, uh, if you're, if you're down for listening to us spout off for a while, that's fine. But, um, please give us some ideas of what topics you might like to see addressed. Um, yeah, yeah, we care more about that. <laughs> yeah, that, that's where I'm going with it. I mean, that we want to hear, we want to hear what you want to talk about. Yeah. Um, the goal for this is again to to share, not just to kind of hype ourselves up, but to share our experience and, and whatever knowledge we've we've uh, gained on either side, on both sides of the stethoscope, um, so that everybody can, uh, you know, again take flight and live their best lives. So. Absolutely. Um, any other closing thoughts? Just, uh, I'll say for myself and I'll say for everyone else again, learn to learning to accept your mess. Hmm. And no matter how many times you fall down, you can pick yourself back up. Yes. And there, you know, there are people and, uh, to always support and love unconditionally. And, um, you know, we learn the most from how we persevere through adversity and Lord, the universe knows there's adversity. And yes. so we're learning alongside you um, and appreciate all the, the insights because we all need hope again, you know, and we need to know that it can be messy and there are still good people and, and good things happening. So I, I think I, I just, I, I want us to forgive ourselves for being imperfect, to never lose hope in ourselves, even if we've fallen, and to restore faith in each other. Well said. Yeah, it's a great place to, to wrap things up. Uh, Fams, uh, thank you. He says, I love that we're so open about many aspects of life and being ourselves. Um, changing his notifications to catch us. Thank you very much. We will be back uh, again next Sunday. Probably live. This is the, the easiest way to go about it right now. I don't frankly. have time easiest to record and edit yeah. yet. <laughs> um, uh, so pl the, the big ask for right now is uh, like, share, and subscribe on Facebook and on YouTube so that we can actually get a Best Nest channel instead of a random string of numbers. That would be helpful. Uh, share with anybody who um, you think might benefit from sage words, words of wisdom from respiratory or laughing therapy. At us. Yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, just laughing at That's it. better. I I'm mean, a that's... big old eyes. I'm seeing my big old eyes. <laughs> and, uh, Jennifer. Relaxation and stress management. You got it. And she, um, Jennifer Winchester here, if anyone's on the Facebook Live, runs an amazing cardio drumming um, live uh, group um, that is, is a great way to blow off steam as yeah. well. Um, so thank you, Jeannie. Thank you, everybody else, for spending some of your Sunday with us. Uh, again, uh, this has been Fight to Flight with Kelly and Mike. I am Mike, the respiratory therapist. Kelly, the obesity specialist and patient. Uh, like, share, and subscribe our stuff. Check us out on Patreon and um, let us know what is on your mind. Share, oh, share your 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 success, your your what whatever you want to talk about. Share all those things. Um, you can send us a message on our Best Nest page on Facebook. I, I guess I should work on getting the email set up too, huh? Yeah, because um, if other people set goals and they plan to tune in, let's all celebrate next week. Yes. Yeah, so come next week, ready to celebrate you achieving your goals. Kim, I'll be looking forward to hearing what you had for breakfast this week. Yeah. Um, anybody else, check out, uh, set some goals and share them next week. And we'll all have, uh, we'll, stre we'll reduce stress. We'll do some stress reduction by celebrating each other. Right. And um, we could put a link to Jen's um, cardio drumming class on our Facebook page. Yeah, we will do that. Yeah, we'll that's do good that. stuff. All right. Thanks for being here. We had more than us here today. How exciting. Yeah, it was, and, and I think we sounded okay. I think our audio worked okay. Better than last week. <laughs> you needed to dial 1-900 to get us last week. That's all, all right, gang. We will um, see you next week. Um, in the meantime, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Thank you.